Hello and welcome back. I'm Curtis. I'm Jesse. And this is Domino Universe. We're going to be talking today about the world being upside down. Yeah, you just finished a pretty ambitious and uh, impressive project. I mean, impressive is like a weird word to use for a lot of my things. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but like, well, it's like find... I'm that guy that like, spent, <laughs> you know, willingly spent the week upside down. I it's, don't know an, if that's... <laughs> it's an odd project, but it's certainly ambitious and impressive in the sense that like you stuck with a difficult thing and saw it through to the end and kudos for that. Well, thanks. Uh, so I guess what we, we should explain yeah. what this is. So recently I un unearthed a box in which was this pair of goggles that has a prism in it and the prism flips everything vertically. So when you look through the goggles, everything you see is upside down. Mm -hmm. uh, and my goal was to wear them continuously for seven days. And at the end of that time, I was hoping that my brain would have flipped so that though everything's appeared normally again. Uh, that was because that's that's what has been done in the past. Like this is an old experiment that I was replicating. Yeah, so I've heard of this before, and I've I referenced this kind of thing a lot actually when doing science education. Uh, you can talk about how your brain is this amazing thing that can that can manipulate the information coming into it, and there's sort of a like a I want to say a famous study, but I don't know anything about it other than you know, the back of the envelope description, which is researchers put people in these upside down goggles. And after what I've heard is two weeks, but whatever, a few days, uh, instead of seeing the world upside down, their brain has flipped the images coming in through their eyes so they can navigate the world completely normally. And then taking off the goggles feels like being upside down again. And it takes another whatever set amount of time to readjust. But unlike many famous experiments, I don't know who did this. I don't know when it was done. Do you know anything about the actual research? So I wish that I remembered the name of the person, okay. but I actually don't. Hmm. It was a German scientist that okay. did it originally. So this is a, you've confirmed this has been done? It's this not just has a, been done. Okay. The only other YouTube video I could find of someone doing it was actually from the original research, which I think was in the 1930s. And it's a, it's this black and white silent film, oh, wow. the silent German film, which is on YouTube. Uh, we should put a link to it. It's it's really neat to watch. Um, and I, I just watched, I remember watching this for the first time and being like, why has no one redone this? And then I was like, oh, he wore these goggles for 10 days in that experiment. Yeah. And like through these huge awkward things and the, you know, the first few days he can't even like hold a cup, you know, he's like really yeah. struggling to pour, pour himself a glass of water. Um, and so I was like, Oh, that's why. Cause it looks like hell. <laughs> but <laughs> so not, not the worst thing anyone's put themselves through for science. I'm sure. But not even uh, close. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that it, it hasn't been redone. Yeah, me too. Um, okay. And I'm also surprised that like, yeah, even on YouTube, like it's not the worst thing people have done on YouTube. So people spend, you know, like I'm going to say the name PewDiePie 10,000 times or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I don't know what the purpose in that is other than to prove that you can. But You know what I like is the reaction video where someone watched someone saying PewDiePie 10,000 times and reacted to it. Are you joking? I mean, yes, but <laughs> barely. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, yeah, it actually wouldn't even remotely surprise me. No. Um, yeah, so I saw this old video and I just immediately thought that, I mean, I like I obviously needed to needed to put myself through that, right? Yeah. Um, the that researcher, and again, I don't know too terribly much about that original study, 
Um, but that, I know that researcher has ended up to do a bunch of similar studies. Um, he put made goggles that made it look so that you were looking left. Your so your left eye, you kind of like alligator vision. Okay. So your left eye would see far to the left, and your right eye would see far to the right, but okay. you had no vision in front of you. Interesting. Also had this weird mirror contraption so that you saw yourself in third person. Oh, apparently. that would be really interesting. Which I think would be yeah, really cool. Wow, I like mean, a selfie stick that is, with video streaming I'm to it. I'm not exactly how, sure how VR that works. goggles. Of course, yeah. I go high tech. I that's my, and that's what I thought immediately. I was like, yeah. man, I should redo the, that experiment, but yeah. like it, with AR. You know, you know, there are drones you can get. I've seen this with they're like selfie drones where you just sort of toss the drone up in the air and it it goes out to whatever twenty feet away up in the air and takes pictures of you for like dramatic crane shots and then comes back down to a docking base or whatever. But you could get like a drone following you and then you just play your own life like a third person video game. Stream that footage to VR goggles. That would be really cool. Yeah. I wonder how easily you would adapt that. Yeah. I feel like quickly. Yeah. Especially maybe, if you play a lot know. of video games. If, if you had like a control for the drone. Oh, we got to do this. This is, that okay, fun. there's a follow-up sometime. <laughs> next next year, we're going to try I'm, the I'm, drone in, I'm totally into that. Yeah, um, all right. I think like, that just reminded me, I think, so playing video games, I think would actually be really helpful in that. I don't play any video games. Mm, okay. When Dom tried my goggles on, um, Dom from the YouTube channel Domain of Science who's in the video link in the description yeah he uh, he up, like he spends a lot of his time drawing and writing it's what his channel is kind of all about he, mm-hmm. he draws these beautiful maps and uh, he was really shockingly good at like writing his name mm, okay I mean <laughs> mine was like a scribbled mess his was like you know some letters were upside down and they all looked messy but like you could kind of make out the fact that they were at least letters right, right. Yeah, yeah and he was like oh i play a lot of this game um what's the it's like a game about a surgeon and you're trying to control oh goodness surgeon simulator surgeon i think is what simulator. it's called but that's like a game that's made deliberately to be hilariously difficult to control like are you familiar with quop yeah it's. I believe it's the same person. Bennett Foddy made Quop and Surgeon Simulator, where yeah, the controls are are deliberately like wildly out of control. So I'm really curious now to play that game. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm gonna be really good at it. Because I spent yeah. like three days for the first three days of this experiment for me. Uh, I I really had a hard time understanding what was going on with my hands. Yeah. Because <laughs> like they appeared to come down from the sky. That's yeah, I've tried your goggles for just brief moments and that is by far the weirdest part of it is seeing your own hands coming from a direction you don't expect. Yeah. I think like that was the weirdest thing for me throughout the experiment. Mm-hmm. Um because so also because not just because they're coming down, but because of the lack of peripheral view they they do seem very disembodied yeah like you can't see like right now in my periphery i can see where my hand connects to my arm connects to my shoulder yeah without moving my head but i literally like i couldn't even see my belly button yeah if i looked like I, right like i couldn't see yeah, where yeah, they yeah. attached things attached yeah. to me um and throughout the experiment i had i kept having these moments which i mentioned in the video because it was like the, one of the weirdest things where everything just slowly start started to seem normal and then i would catch a glimpse of my hands mm-hmm. and it would just be like whoa those aren't my hands like where am i i'm nauseous this is weird i have a theory about that i'm so curious so a lot of the time when this is okay i've heard that uh 
a big source of nausea, motion sickness, seasickness, that sort of thing comes from uh, multiple senses giving conflicting information to your brain. And it's your, your brain's sort of central command unit, whatever you want to call it, trying to piece together conflicting bits of sensory data. And that's why, or a common explanation for why, like if you look at the horizon when you are feeling carsick or something like that, then you get some, some visual input that's stable, that'll help stabilize everything. Um, so I'm thinking like over time, your brain becomes better and better at writing the visual information that's coming in all, all skewed and it gets used to that. But then when you see your hands, you still have your proprioception, which is your just awareness of where your body is. And suddenly it's not just, oh, everything in my visual field is flipped, but it's my visual field is now in direct conflict with my basic sense of awareness of where my own body parts are. That seems, yeah, that's like spot on. I, I forgot the, what's that word again? Appropriate? Proprioception. Proprioception. We have so many senses that we don't count Yeah. when we talk about like senses as kids, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's distinct from your sense of touch. It's distinct from your sense of vision. You just kind of know, like you can close your eyes and touch your fingers together or touch your nose because you just kind of know where your body is. And that's also... Um, like for people who have amputated limbs, they can still feel their phantom limb out in space, uh, even when it, it yeah. doesn't exist anymore. And there are therapies to help, um, like a mirror box therapy where you can, if someone has, has lost their left hand, for example, they can put their right hand into a box that has a, a mirror in it such that it looks like their left hand is there and it's very calming and relaxing and, and helps them deal with the pain that sometimes comes with losing a limb because their brain is now getting this visual input that like everything is visually how it feels proprioceptively. I'm impressed that you can even say that word. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm not even going to attempt it. But yeah, that that is... Okay, this is cool for so many reasons. Mm. One, because the reason that that... So the reason that people are able to readjust to not having a limb and to, to having to not sensing pain from uh, their phantom limb, that's from neuroplasticity, yes. right? Which is super cool. It's something I talk about in the video and something we I would love to talk about in a little bit. Me too. But more importantly, the sense of... Pro, can you say the word for me? Proprioception. Proprioception. You got it. All right. That sense is something that apparently you develop as a child, as okay. an infant, mm -hmm. um, along with your sense of up and down. Okay. When we talk about senses, we talk about touch, taste, sight, smell. That's it, right? You got Normally. four there. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Touch, taste, sight, smell. Oh, and hearing. Right. But we also have proprioception. Sure. I wish I could say. And we have uh, our inner ear, which tells us up and down. Mm -hmm. We also have, have uh, heat. I think those are really all of the major ones. But... But with, with up and down and with proprioception, you apparently develop them as a baby. The reason for your... So with, with your eye, think, since everything is a pinhole camera, since our eyes are pinhole cameras, we see an upside down image of the world. Right. And your baby brain figures out how to write that. Mm. Now, both of those senses, both my sense of proprio... You got it. Proprioception. I forget how... Inception. Proprioception. Yeah. The listeners will know by the end of this. Um, that sense and my inner ear sense both were like really struggling to figure it out. And I felt like a child. You know, mm. I felt like a, like a baby figuring out mm. how to navigate the world. Yeah. Uh, it was a trip. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I bet. It's nice to know where your arms are. 
Yeah. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting to me. I, I haven't heard that, like, that we develop our sense of up and down as babies. So I'm, I'm reading a book right now about someone who, who spent their young life living on a moon base. But it, it, you're making me think about people who are maybe raised from young childhood or from birth An Andy in Weir space. Book? It, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. in the middle of uh, Artemis, um, which isn't exactly what, what you're talking about. But it's reminding me of uh, uh, like if you raised a baby in zero gravity, yeah. would they have like, first of all, ignore the bone density issues and the muscle stuff. If they came into, into Earth... They'd have like a weird conception of what up and down are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they would. And they'd have, I never thought about that, but their inner ear would have to really adjust yeah. to that new sense of gravity. Yeah. They would only like, they would perceive acceleration rather than direction. That's fascinating. You know? Yeah. Astronauts go through a similar thing when they go into space. Yeah. I forgot about that. Like in visits to the ISS, apparently they're similarly nauseous for a while. Yeah. And then their brain is just like, "Ah, whatever, we're just going to ignore the inner ear because it's just saying nonsense all the time. Yeah. Um, It's amazing that our brain can like, our brain is plastic to the point where it can adjust to an environment that's literally off the planet. Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I sometimes worry that like, oh, you hear a lot of people saying like, our brain is the brain of a caveman and it's not, it's just hasn't evolved for social media and all of this, but like it evolved to be plastic. Yeah. And that's like, that's well, the, cool. The really neat thing is, you know, we talked about phantom limb. Um, I don't know what you call it. It's not, not exactly a disorder, but whatever the phenomenon of phantom limbs, where if you lose a limb, you still feel like you have it until your brain adjusts and, uh, and, and sort of updates to reflect your new body. But the same thing happens in the other direction. When people get a prosthetic, it feels like, you know, they're manipulating a prosthetic for a while, but eventually they can incorporate the prosthetic into their own proprioception, into their sense of like, this artificial arm is me. It's part of my body. Weirder than that. You my can... eyes are like as wide as apples right now. Like yeah. This is blowing my mind. Um, I wish I could link to something specific, but this is like bits and pieces that I've heard. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I'll try to find some links and we can we can put something in the description to, to link to this. But if someone has a prosthetic or an attached limb that's like additional, like a third arm. They've got two fully functional arms and you put a third one on them, just like the goggles. It takes some time to adjust, but eventually it becomes sort of second nature, part of them. So we have the hardware, we have the ability to incorporate, you know, a prehensile tail, octopus tentacles, like the future potentially may involve additional limbs that you can just tack onto yourself and after a while, your brain will just sort of incorporate them. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually yeah. thinking during this experiment, I was like, man, I want to do more neuroplasticity things. Yeah. Partly because I think it's a fascinating topic and it makes for an interesting video, but also because I think like training your brain to be more plastic is good for your brain. You know, absolutely like, helps prevent Alzheimer's yep. and it's just fun and interesting. Yeah. And what, that's one of those things. I was like, I wonder if you could make a third limb. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, nobody's ever probably done, tried that. Like that seems too absurd to be. Again, I wish I could cite something specific, but I'll try to find a, a, yeah. a citation for that. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just blown away. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes yeah. it, like the reason I was wondering is that's, that's just really cool. Yeah. 
You know, it's like really neat when you're like, you come up with this great invention idea and you're like, oh, I'm going to invent this thing. And then you Google it and it already exists. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, great. I don't even have to do the work. I can just order this on Amazon. Yeah. I just feel like I had one of those moments and it's really exciting. Nice. <laughs> you know, the, it, weirdly though, there are a lot of things that our brain just doesn't adjust to. Like you say, our brains yeah. aren't evolved for social media. And in a lot of ways, that's true. We still have, um, you know, illusions, like a simply an optical illusion can still trick you even when you know about the illusion and you know that whatever the circles aren't turning in this image mm -hmm. um, you can know everything about it and still it looks like the circles are turning or whatever the illusion is and there are cognitive illusions where we tend to think certain things are true even when they're not that are really difficult to get past yeah but hey slap a third limb on and uh, and our brains will take it in stride yeah and it's another bizarre an another negative aspect to our brains directly out of neuroplasticity is the fact that we can also use our plastic brain to reinforce bad behaviors. So like mm. social media, I mean, our brain, you know, our brain is plastic. It can adapt to all sorts of things, but we can also adapt it to be addicted to social media. Yeah, for right? sure. Or gambling or drugs or whatever, right? Yeah. Like it's largely up to us. And like, that's like the the good and bad side of that. Right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think about it because my attention span is short because of the internet, <laughs> which I've adapted to. Yeah. Well, this is why I started doing, we, we're doing long form here, you know, people are, yeah, they're in, they're in it for the long ride now. You're not just gonna, well, maybe they're just swiping away as, as, as they go. Oh, let's hope. Farewell. Um, anyway, so this project, um, you lent me, you kindly, kindly lent me a juggling book. Yes. I was hoping that over the course of this project, I would learn to juggle. Mm -hmm. And for the record, I cannot juggle whatsoever. Uh, however, as soon as I put them on, I was like, oh gosh, the periphery in these makes it so that you yeah. throw a ball up and you catch like a nanosecond glimpse of it passing through your field of view. Yeah. And then it's gone. However, I was dedicated so I want you to know that I spent many hours in front of a mirror because in front of the mirror, I could see my whole body mm -hmm. trying to juggle. Though, this is the apology because I didn't have reading glasses. I couldn't wear reading glasses and my goggles, so I couldn't read your book. So I learned to juggle <laughs> in the completely wrong way. Apparently, you're supposed to throw the balls like kind of up through the center. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was not doing that. So I only got to two and I did really well with two and then I could go nowhere. I think you can call that a success for, for what you're doing. It's uh, that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't do, I did it better in the, I should have, I should have added that. Anyway, I could do it better with the goggles than I had learned previously. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. I just can't, I couldn't do three after like juggling after learning it with the goggles. Could you do it better with the goggles than without them? Did you try like a before and after? I haven't tried actually. Okay. It'd be interesting to know if like, if you learn something in the upside down, does we that try. translate to the right side up or, or is it, are there some things that are now easier for you upside down? I'm going to go get some juggling. Balls. Let's do it. Okay. We're back. Found some juggling balls. Let's give this a try. So I was doing like this before. I can still do it. Okay. I can still do it, but yeah. it's only two. It's not that good, <laughs> but it's, it's manageable. Beginning. Okay. It's manageable. Okay. Yeah. Apparently you're supposed to throw them like, I can't, I can't do, I couldn't do it with three either way. I tried. The interesting thing, this is a big departure now from our topic, but the interesting thing about juggling that <laughs> I didn't know. this is the juggling episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Surprise. <laughs> 
Um, if you watch someone juggling closely, whenever they have an odd number of balls, the balls switch back and forth between their hands. And whenever they have an even number of balls, there's a set that are always in the right hand and a set that are always in the left hand. No. Now that, so that's with your, your basic juggling, I don't know what you call it, the pattern of, of throwing uh, the toss or whatever it is. There are lots of different ways to do it. And I'm sure that there are, are many ways where that's not the case, but you like your basic juggling with three balls. Each ball is, is going back and forth between left and right. And with four, you've got two in the right, two in the left. And that's always for odds and evens. That's always the rule. I believe so. Yeah. And again, that's just for like the basic. And if you get fancy with it, then all bets are off. Well, I will eventually maybe read the book yeah. that I can see <laughs> and I'll try to learn to juggle. I would right. love to do it. I spent so much time just like trying to throw and catch a thing. Yeah. Uh, it would be really, I feel like really gratifying. I think juggling is a good neuroplasticity exercise, even without turning your whole visual field upside down. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. Now, I have a question for you that I've always been fascinated by with, with like thinking about this, this type of uh, experiment. The way that I have heard about it, when people put the goggles on, they perceive things as having flipped upside down. And then at some point, either as, a, as an instant flip or as a gradual slow thing, the upside down goggles appear normal, right side up to them. And then taking the goggles off, the world appears upside down again. What was your experience with this? Is it that after enough time, the world looked normal or were you just better at living upside down? So I struggled with this question throughout the entire week. Yeah. Um, because I, I had read in some of the studies, including the, the original YouTube video that I mentioned, people have experienced a sort of double vision. Okay. So they're like, they on day three or four, they start to see, you know, a copy of things flipped. Oh, that's super, interesting. Super bizarre. Huh. Uh, and I was like, you know, I haven't had any of that. And I haven't had any of these like weird moments where I like have any visual hallucinations that things are flipping. And, and by day seven, I honestly, part of me felt largely like I had really adjusted really well. Mm-hmm. And I had figured out how to navigate, but nothing had really like fundamentally flipped in my brain. Yeah. And the instant that I took them off, it was, it was honestly, it was one of the, I mean, easily one of the weirdest physical experiences I've ever had, but it was so similar to when I put them on Okay. that it was this moment of my brain definitely did something hmm. really weird. Hmm. Now I have a, follow-up kind of question that I, I am still struggling with which is this idea of is the world flipped upside down or not to us mm -hmm. that's that that i feel like that's kind of a question of like is my red your blue yeah right because yeah. like what does it mean for i mean we all right now since we have pinhole cameras we are all technically seeing an upside down image of the world mm -hmm. um and yet it seems upright I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's, if you can navigate it, what is the difference? Right. Yeah, exactly. But it, I'm, it, I'm, 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 I'm honestly not sure. I feel like if we need a, yeah, maybe we need a philosopher yeah. or a neurologist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes it hard to even frame the question. I, I was thinking of it in terms of languages and how when you're speaking a, like a second language, there's a point where you become fluent in that language and maybe you can think in that language and you can even dream in that language, but you still are aware that you're speaking 
a different language than your than your your native language. Did it feel like that? Does that language help to clarify it at all? That language is that language helps immensely. Okay. Particularly because by day five, I started to have really weird dreams, including I had a dream. So with this periphery, I, I, sorry, with, with this view, you end up spending a lot of time looking at the ceiling. Because for yeah. the first few days, you're like just, that, that that's just like normally how your head moves. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, what well, what happened to me, I had this dream on night five that something on the ceiling had broken and it was it was in the middle of a party and i was having a party in my house and i needed to fix the things on the ceiling and i was like climbing up on furniture fixing all the things and like everybody was down on the ground and it was this definite like my brain was definitely trying to come to terms with this whole like the ceiling is your world now Hmm. um i've never had a dream about the ceiling or heard anyone have a dream about the ceiling Hmm. Um, it was really fun. It was like a really weird moment for me. And it like, and I, I don't know if I was seeing things upside down in that dream or not because of like how we have, like, because of that philosophical kind of quandary. Yeah. But interesting. Yeah. It was a bizarre, I woke up being like, huh, going to think about that for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Do you want to try the goggles on? Sure. I, uh, I have looked through them very briefly, but we have some, some tests for me. I want to get Jesse to try and write his name. Okay. I feel like it's it's a little bit trippy when you put them on the first time, but he's going to paw the mic. Yeah, I'm going to try to stay close to the microphone, <laughs> okay. but I may sound well, I'm going to move it over here. Okay. Roll. All right, what am I doing first? Can we'll I cut, juggle? We'll, we'll cut some of this stuff. Oh, can you juggle? That's a great question. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. bang around and we'll cut cut this out. Okay, cool. Give me the juggling balls. Okay, I'll give you the juggle. Can you can you juggle normally? No. Okay, try to juggle. Whoa! <laughs> oh yeah, it's no peripheral at all. Oh my goodness. I'm so impressed that you're able to even throw them and catch them. Give me a third. I will be. My mind will be blown if you can juggle all three. Oh, can, you, you. <laughs> I was lying. I can juggle without the goggles. I, I, I was hoping I could just do it by touch and blow your mind, but I can juggle without goggles and I cannot in them. And I'm getting a little bit like dizzy uh, trying. So I'm going to put those down. Just drop gonna, them. We'll go to the next. Okay. We'll go to the next experiment. So I want you to try and write your name. Okay. Um, and try not to do it. Try not to write your name using your memory. Try to do it with your eyes. So already I feel like I would be so much better just closing my eyes and going by touch. It's also weird. Like you really have to crane your head down to, oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, wow. This is really weird. You know, it feels like I'm controlling. It does feel video gamey. It feels like I'm controlling a robot arm and I've got like, you know, if you're playing like a flight simulator and you invert the x-axis and that kind of thing, I don't know. I don't know how much of a gamer you are. Not much, but I I understand the sentiment for sure. It feels very yeah, very video gamey. So something that, and I don't know how you're feeling about this right now. Something that I really struggled with in making this video is that it's really hard to really express what this is like. Yeah. And 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna grab your mic. We'll do a little bit of editing. Sure. Because I'm gonna do a lot of banging around. If you lift your left hand up for a second. Yeah. Uh, and your right. Okay, and put them back down. Okay. I will hold the mics. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm really into this writing my name thing. You, I'm glad you're excited. You're doing really well. Thank I can you. kind the of. S's are hard. Oh my goodness, the curve. So I found. And it's like an etch a sketch. That's what it feels like. It feels like trying to write with an etch a sketch and being like turning knobs to to like having to translate in my head rotating knobs into into horizontal and vertical that's exactly what it feels like it's it's weird because i feel like for some directions it's really easy yeah like to to you know to move the marker to the right and up is no problem but then for some reason to move it up to the left is almost impossible yep um yeah. I'm writing things at a weird angle. Like I'm trying to go horizontal and I end up doing something at a 45 degree angle, which is weird. Yeah. I always, I wrote, I wrote the alphabet maybe 50 times and I could never, I could write the letters by the end of it, but I could never write them in a straight line. Okay. So how'd I do? You did really well. I, I actually don't know how well you did because I can also read upside down now. <laughs> oh, interesting. But, but you take them off and take a look. Okay. How did you do, Jesse? Wow, I've got to say, it looked better through the goggles than it did uh, than it does right here. Yeah, your J is upside down. Your S's look kind of like well, one of them looks like an A or a D. I'm not yeah. sure. The the <laughs> the J is still um, the right or the the J and the E's are both in the right orientation, left to right. But right, yeah. The S, so is, it's, the it's S the, is backwards, left right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So. Can we show, can we post a picture of this with the We can definitely post episode? a picture okay. of this. Um, we'll, we'll take a photo in a sec. The, um, you can see in the S's where I was struggling and like went back and forth and had to sort of like scribble a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that is really weird. Yeah. It's, so something about, so something about this whole writing thing is tricky and reading thing is tricky because I think we're adjust to seeing things flipped 180 degrees. Yes. Like rotated. Yeah. But to actually flip it vertically is a really weird sensation. Yeah. Um, I was really kind of expecting to be able to read things because you can read things if you flip a book around. Yeah. But it's like flipping a book around and then trying to read it in a mirror. Yeah. Right. Which is, is difficult. Yeah. I think we're also relatively familiar with left to right um, mirror flipping because you know if you're wearing a shirt with words on it and you look at yourself in the mirror you see it in mirror writing but having something mirrored vertically is very uncommon yeah I just realized that the same thing was true for when I was juggling in the mirror that would have mm. actually made it so that I was looking at myself yeah. like I was rotated 180 degrees oh, cool. so maybe that actually made it a little bit easier I mm. wonder yeah but I'm not gonna do it again so Fair something enough. that I've experienced is now that it is <sighs> A full week later since I took them off. I haven't really tried. I've only tried them on once again. Okay. After that. Oh. But things I, I like okay. don't have. A, I got your mic. Okay. Um, it's only a problem because I can't see it in the periphery. But things are pretty normal for me. Like I can still like mostly manage oh, well my, done. my things. He just picked just, up a glass of water expertly. No problem. Like I could probably even if I can reach all the way across that. I can probably write my name, no problem. At least this is going to be upside down for me. Yeah, but... Or this is upside down for you, rather, but right side up for me. Well, since I'm sitting across from you, sort of, it's mirrored for me. But not but bad, right? Very impressive, yeah. So you definitely gained 
a lot of upside down skill that 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 you clearly didn't lose. How long have you been out of the goggles now? It has been a week, almost exactly. It's okay, been almost exactly a week, a week and a day. Okay, so you've retained that that whatever pathways you were able to build in your brain have stuck around. And I'm really curious to see how long they stick around for. That's so great. I will continually be trying them on, like once every month or once every few months. I would really love to be able to pull this out as like a party trick yeah. that I can like put these goggles on and huh. run around the room and do handstands. So um, how about this? Can you write your name? I'm great at parties. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, you're laughing, but no, that's that's cool. Without the goggles, can you now write your name vertically mirrored? Oh, I haven't tried that. Let's like try sort that. of combine the two. So I got to not see that though. There's I'll a whole like here. there's no end to the to the experiments that that we could do with this. Okay. I can. Pretty I good. can write it upside down. I can write I can write upside down now. You can write upside down now. <laughs> I don't know that that's useful in any way, but Well, you I know, like they say Leonardo da Vinci wrote notes to himself in mirror code that no one else could read. So, I used to I get this. I get that comment all the time on mm -hmm. my old YouTube videos because I used to explain things by writing them on a window, and I would film um, through the like on the other right. side of the window. Yeah. And then it, from the camera's point of view, the word was backwards. Yeah. So I would flip it in in the edit. I would right. flip the video horizontally, and everybody always just assumed that I was capable of writing backwards, which I was I was like flattered by, but I, I couldn't do that. I was just editing it. Um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to getting those similar comments now on this video. Yeah, this is very interesting. I just want to spend all day like throwing weird tasks at you. Yeah, honestly, huh. some of the tasks that I did during the goggles project were way more difficult than I was expecting and some were easier. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't get time to talk about it in the video, but one of the most complicated, guess what the hardest thing for me to do was? Well, uh, hardest is a little subjective. I mean, watching the video, I saw you riding a bike going at a pretty good clip. Um, that seems like by far the most dangerous thing that you might've done. I don't know if it was the most difficult, but you know, yeah, I'm going to say riding the bike's got to be difficult. That was like honestly by day by day three. Well, in the in the video by day four, I'm like I'm able to ride the bike. Okay. By day seven, you see me riding past and waving, and that's like, you know, then I really had skills. But yeah. But that was honestly riding a bike was way easier than plugging the charger for my phone into an outlet. It took me five minutes mm. by day three when i was like like cutting bread and yeah. like you know biking i couldn't even plug something in and i think it has something to do with the fact that i have spent hundreds of hours on a bike yeah and i have spent collectively maybe a couple hours plugging things in right you know in my whole life yeah and and every time all those outlets are a little bit different and yeah. all those plugs are a little different, right? And it was just the the wall outlet plug or the USB or both? Both. Either yeah, of them okay. took me ages. Okay. Um, and then there were things like tying my shoes. Yeah. I could tie my shoes. I mean, I can tie my shoes with my eyes closed, right? Yeah, yeah, so it yeah. took me no time at all. Huh. Um, so it was really weird to see like what was possible and what was almost yeah. impossible. Um I wish I had footage of this, but one of the hardest things is like plugging the, putting the battery into my camera. Okay. 
I, there was one day where I, like on day two, I wanted to film something. I forget what it was because I just ended up spending like 10 minutes trying to recharge, like trying to put the battery into the camera. It just like takes me two seconds normally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm moving on. Like, I'm just going to put the camera down. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to just move on from this. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's been it's been good. I'm glad to be upright again. That's yeah, for sure. absolutely. Well, it's good to have you back in the upright. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see how... Like when you periodically put the goggles back on, I'm excited to see how the how long you are able to retain that ability. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's me really too. cool. Um, one last thing, I guess, before we end the episode, as we always do, we like to talk about someone that is influential or that has a cool podcast or that, in this case, writes cool books. Um, there is an author named Dr. Professor Jill Bolte-Taylor, who I will leave a link to. She wrote a book called My Stroke of Insight, mm-hmm. which is a book that I read when I first, it was, I think my introduction to neuroplasticity. Um, I won't give too much away other than to say that it is a remarkable and personal story about neuroplasticity. And it was one of the things that made me realize that you can train your brain to do pretty much anything. and. Uh, yeah, I was like, at that point in my life, I was not a science person. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn to do science. And here we are like a decade later. <laughs> cool. Anyway, check out the book in the description. And thanks for listening. All right. See you next time. Upright. <laughs>